Hey Bears fans, welcome once again to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. Give them the stuff, Jim. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. Hope everybody had a nice wild card weekend and enjoyed the games. And uh, laughed at the Vikings like I did. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the big takeaways is LOL Vikings. Kind of been waiting <laughs> all year to say that. But um, uh, wild card weekend, uh, going into it I was a little worried it seemed like there was some potential for some real stinker games but for the most part they were all pretty good uh i mean the first one the seahawks and niners ended in a blowout but that one was close for a while and wow niners look strong yeah when when they turned it on they they really pulled away without really any resistance from seattle at all that was that was a fun one um obviously we're all watching these games through the lens of how it affects the Bears or what might matter for the Bears as they right. hope to be playing in the playoffs next year. Uh, did you have any any big takeaways from, from the weekend? Well, okay, so, you know, I was just commenting on the Niners game. Um, the, the thing that impressed me the most about the Niners, McCaffrey leads in rushing, Debo Samuel leads in receiving. Yeah, Brent, Brandon Ayuk and is pretty good. And he's the number three option. That's pretty... <laughs> it might be the four we, when you consider Kittle. That's true, when you consider Kittle, right. So, um, you, you know, that that's pretty scary right there. I mean, that, that team's pretty stacked. Their defense is really good. It's not great, but they at least get after the quarterback, and they can get into the backfield pretty much every play. And the offensive weapons they have are elite. It's just a matter of Brock Purdy and... He's looked pretty good so far, but when he actually gets into one of these tight playoff games against a really good team, is he going to be able to move the ball still, especially in crunch time? Or is he going to turn into a rookie third string Mr. Irrelevant quarterback? And that's that's the big question, because if he's good, then they've got everything it takes to go all the way. And the other thing is, um, with... The Seahawks, they didn't generate that much pressure. Now the Seahawks stink. Um, you know, when they go up against, you know, as, as, the, as the playoffs go on, when he gets true pressure back there, how will he react? Yeah, that? I mean, they're going to have to go against the Cowboys this week. They've got a really good defense. and more than They have like, a wrecking man. They, they, every, every team needs a wrecking man. <laughs> they have a wrecking man. Parsons just takes it to another level. Yeah, he really does. I mean, he he is so far and away the best defensive player in yeah. the league. I I don't think he's going to win defensive player of the year because I think he had some injuries. But when he's going and he's going right now, he's about as good as it gets. He he just does so much. It kind of reminds you a little bit of Julius Peppers a little bit. Yeah. Where not only can he just get into the backfield whenever he wants, but he's athletic enough to make tackles in open space and even sometimes make a play on the ball. So he's impressive. He's going to cause problems for anybody he faces. And that's Brock Purdy this week. And if the Niners win this game, then more than likely it's going to be them having to go to Philadelphia. And that's, that's a tough atmosphere for a rookie quarterback on the road in Philly uh, against uh, an, a, a really good defense as well. So Brock Purdy, I mean, a lot of what we've seen so far has been really good, but it's going to be a really tough test for him over the next couple weeks. But if if he is competent, then there's no reason why the Niners can't be playing on on Super Bowl Sunday. That's that's exactly right. Uh, I'm still giving the edge to the Eagles. Um, I like their overall balance as well. you know, obviously, Hertz play is a big part of that, uh, but his combination of Devonta Smith and and AJ Brown is absolutely deadly. Uh, they um, and their defensive line is pretty ferocious. Uh, certainly, one of the better ones in the league. You know, uh, the other thing uh, that I'll comment on is on the other side of the coin. You know. To me, the entire staff of the San Diego, the L.A. Chargers, <laughs> needs fired. Yeah. I, I, as, if I was the owner of that team or the general manager, I would have literally said, you don't even need to go to the locker room. 
just get on the plane and and go wherever you're. It could have go. fired them all last year. Yeah, I mean that that's that is pitiful when you give up that kind of that kind of lead. I don't care if it was on the road or not. It was that was a sick. They literally went thirty one to three through the, the Jags did through the rest of the game. That is pathetic. I mean, the Chargers in general. When you looked at the roster at the start of this year. It was kind of an embarrassment of riches. I mean, Herbert's obviously awesome. Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett. They've got a good offensive line. And then defensively, they got Mack. They've got Bosa. They've got Derwin James. They've got... Yeah. Where is Khalil Mack? (laughs) I, I I don't know where anybody on that defense was in the second half. It's tough to fault the defense when they did get four turnovers. The, the Chargers' offense just couldn't move the ball. That was insane. I, I mean, I just, I couldn't, when I was when I was watching that, the, the highlights from it, and watching Lawrence throw four interceptions, I know. it was just like, what in the heck is going on? And my buddy texted me, and he just said, can you imagine if Justin Fields did that? Oh. What, what people would be saying? They'd want to run him out of town. Yeah. Yeah, four. I mean, four interceptions in a half in a playoff game. I don't know that that's happened before. Maybe it has, but it's pretty rare. And credit to Trevor Lawrence, he obviously turned it around and won the game. But yeah, the takeaway from that is just a, a massive choke by the Chargers. And I don't know how Brandon Staley has any confidence going into year three because last year he screwed up, and instead of taking a knee and taking a tie, that would have gotten the Chargers into the playoffs. He botched that, and they missed the playoffs. This year, we know what happened here. It's funny how just quickly things turn in the NFL. Two, two years ago, people were absolutely shredding the Bears for letting Brandon Staley leave their building. Yeah. Because what position? Was he the linebackers coach here? He was. I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. And then he went on to be the DC of the Rams and got the job with the Chargers and People use that as another example of why the Bears are incompetent, and now everybody thinks Brandon Staley's incompetent. So it's funny. There's a few examples throughout the weekend. I mean, last year, one of the guys that we were debating as a head coach candidate for the Bears was Byron Leftwich, and I think he just got fired. And Really? I, I think so. I, I did not I, know that. I, so, like, it was weird. Like, literally the second that game ended, some guy in Tampa tweeted out, breaking news, the Bucks have fired Byron Leftwich, like, before he even got to the locker room. Wow. So it's obviously something that was ready to go, and I, I haven't seen that confirmed, and it's possible I missed it, but rumor is at least that he's out, and that was a hot head coaching candidate last year. So things change fast in the NFL, um, and sometimes for better, sometimes for worse, but it just goes back to what we talked about with Eberflus. It's like you're, you're not going to be able to evaluate this coaching staff after one year. It takes multiple years to build kind of that uh, that portfolio of your performance, and that's how you determine if someone is a success or a failure. Absolutely. You know, um, the, the situation with Eberflus – um, you know, neither one of us were big fans of getting another defensive coach, uh, just because the track record, uh, has not been very good. Also the, uh, situation with offensive coordinators tending to get recruited to be new head coaches. And so you don't have them for very long. I, I certainly think it looks like that Getsy is going to be with us again next year. Um, which I'm thankful for because I, I haven't heard him rumored anywhere. No, I haven't either. And I think that, um, I mean, if he was smart, he would want to stay where he is anyway, right, for another year. Because that way he can show that he's part of the turnaround of the offense. Because right now, it doesn't look that good. I mean, there's certainly, no one really looks at our offense, the the Bears offense, and says, wow, uh, you know, Getze did everything that he could and they were still terrible. No, I don't think there's anybody out there saying that. Yeah, I wasn't really that impressed with his overall body of work either was i and fields obviously got a lot better but a lot of that felt like justin fields just kind of making plays as <laughs> things broke down around him so justin fields being justin fields <laughs> exactly with, with getsy there was a lot of questionable in-game decisions a lot of questionable play calling there was obviously the one 
infamous sequence where Fields was obviously injured and it didn't seem like anybody realized it. So I, I didn't think that he really did anything this past year to merit getting him head coaching interviews. Right. Even though he'd had some in the past. And uh, I think that's uh, kind of been what's happened. I haven't seen Getsy get inter- – I haven't even heard of him getting an interview. And I, I think you're right. It's probably a year away for him. If the Bears come out next year and they're a top 10 offense and a lot of that credit goes to him, then he'll be in the head coaching dis- discussion after next year. But it seems like he's going to be around as the Bears OC for at least one more year, which I think is good. Yeah, I mean, it's something that the Bears have had trouble uh, with uh, other than uh, Matt Nagy, which, you know, that's plus or minus, <laughs> mostly minus, <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's something that was talked. We, we talked about it here on the cast. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm happy to see that it does look like he's going to be back. Um, we need that continuity. That's the biggest thing. We need the continuity. Um, if he is the guy to develop fields, we don't know that yet, right? Because I totally agree what we saw, the improvement we saw from Fields, I think is mostly Fields. Um, and uh, Fields has obviously shown uh, good football intelligence, good uh, ability to improv, good vision uh, of the field itself. Uh, so those, those, uh, those qualities he seems to be developing on his own. Now, of course, to completely ignore the the coaches would be silly that's why they're there but it will it we will definitely need to see a pretty drastic step a significant one next year for Getsy to be looked at as okay he's he's putting his footprint on this yeah I agree and the one positive that stands out was after that mini buy as they called it when the bears came out and looked like a different team on offense and went and scored 30 on the Patriots. Yes. And that's really when you started to notice the improvement in fields. And I think Getsy certainly had something to do with that, but I, I just don't know. Uh, number one, I don't know what was realistic when you were dealing with an offense with this talent level. Right. And also I just didn't really necessarily feel like Justin Fields improvement was him coordinating, uh, really efficient offense it just felt a lot of times like fields was just making things happen on his own which is fine but it's not that's not going to get you a head coaching job so i think we got getsy back for one more year that's certainly good the other takeaway from the coaching perspective is you know you and i talked a lot last year about how our preferred candidate was brian dable Uh, and boy i i it's tough to say that that would have been a bad move because yeah. what he did with that Giants team is pretty It's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, the Giants are better than the Bears from a talent standpoint, but it's not like they're very good. No. That roster has a lot of holes. Obviously, going into this year, nobody believed in Daniel Jones at all. Everybody. He made Daniel Jones look above average. Really, really good, actually. I mean, he just won a playoff game on the road, scoring yeah. 30 points in a game. It's pretty impressive. I think if you had told a lot of Giants fans at the start of the year that that was what the result would be, I don't think they really would have believed you because <laughs> they were all out on Daniel Jones. So right. Obviously, Brian Dayball just had a really good resume. I think it was someone that deserved his shot. Obviously, the Bears didn't end up hiring him. They went with Eberflus. Remains to be seen how that'll turn out. I think my grade on Eberflus so far is largely incomplete, but it's hard not to think what if because Brian Dayball's got his team at least into the divisional round, and I don't think anybody expected that from the Giants this year. And I I agree with you on Eberflus. I I do think that that's an incomplete grade. However, the one thing that I will give him is that he does seem to have the players believing in in the the overall scheme, mm-hmm. right? The uh, call it uh, motivation or call it vibe, you know, call it attitude. He had players playing for him, and he seemed to really be in charge. Like, okay, I'm the head dude here, and 
this, you know, this is the way I want things to go. And you're going to follow that way or you're going to be outside. And, and that's no small thing in a miserable season. Right. Uh, look at what happened in Denver. And that ended up getting their first year head coach fired because it went completely off the rails. And they ended they up, were a total disaster. Yeah. I mean, they, they completely quit on national TV and gave up 70 points to Baker Mayfield. And <laughs> that, that got their coach fired. That, that didn't happen with the Bears. The Bears, for the level of talent that they had, I mean, the Bears went, what, like 2-10 in one-possession games or something like that? Yeah. So the fact that they were even in 10 one-possession games with this roster, I think, says something about coaching. And it's just going to be really interesting going into year two because it's one thing to take a roster that's kind of – low uh, that's at the low end of the talent spectrum and coach him up and get him to hang around in some games it's it's another thing entirely to take a roster that's expected to win games and actually win those games in the nfl i mean teams lose games that they should win all the time so i think this first year like i said largely incomplete i think nothing stood out as a red flag it's just we're gonna see how Eberflus handles the increased expectations going into year two but Man, it's it's tough to say you wouldn't rather have Brian Dable. Yeah, right now, that's for sure. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we if we had our druthers, that's who we wanted, and that's who we still wanted. But uh, I gotta say, the guy Flus conducts himself like a head coach. He he comes across of as someone who uh, is a leader, and he comes across as someone who also recognizes that he has the he has somebody to answer to you know what i mean the the coach has to answer to the fans uh, that to the that the fans are are not a factor is bs cuz we pay for everything right so he 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 doesn't he doesn't have that um everything has got to be bunched up and a secret thing right i mean he has it some, uh, because all NFL coaches do, right? But, but I'm just saying he seems more open to the fans than a lot of uh, than a lot of other coaches have. Yeah, and it seems like he's comfortable delegating and hiring good assistants. Yeah, which is important. Matt Nagy, how many different times did he have to take back play calling? <laughs> right he, he that was a joke yeah i mean he just couldn't accept that his way of doing it wasn't the perfect way and no matter how many times his way of doing it didn't work he still wanted to give himself another shot and that's ultimately why he got fired but you don't get that sense of eberflus it seems like he's comfortable having qualified coaches on his staff delegating authority and he let from everything i've heard he let gets pretty much run the offense autonomously so yeah it's uh from outside it looks like he did it with the defense too yeah that was alan williams defense right he that was that was one of the things that impressed me about him he seemed like i'm the head coach this is i'm i'm the top level okay you guys you need to do focus on your jobs and do your jobs my job is to oversee everything and make sure that the team goes yeah, and I think I think that's what happened. And the, yeah, I do too, and I, I got to say that was pretty refreshing, <laughs> you know. After Nagy, so that that was my biggest takeaway from the weekend was just day ball and having a little bit of jealousy towards Giants. But what can you do? We've got our guys now, and we're gonna see how that all plays out. Did you have any other takeaways from the weekend before we move on? Um, no, not really. I, I thought overall, uh, the playoff games were, were pretty good. Um, I was, uh, I was a little surprised to see, um, the Bengals lose. Uh, you know, I, I, oh yeah, they, I mean, they, they, they were, they barely won. They barely won. You're right. Yeah. Um, I, I just, uh, I kinda, I just expected them to be a little bit stronger in that first playoff game. Um, you know, they weren't even playing against Lamar Jackson, right? Oh, that the other surprise was how do the Buffalo Bills barely survive against Skylar Thompson? Yeah. I mean, I did you know, I saw the highlights and you know, they had mistakes in, in other uh in other areas weren't which weren't necessarily uh the offense, but 
And Josh Allen did not have a good game. Holy smokes. It, it seemed like they got up big right away and then just completely took their feet off the gas. Yeah. Which is a little surprising from them. I mean, that's a team that really probably is, other than maybe the Chargers, I think the Bills probably have the second best roster and they're a team that is very open about their championship aspirations. I wonder with them if they had a little bit of look-ahead fever because this week now they have to play the Bengals and then if they win that one, they've got to play the Chiefs. That could be. That's a really tough stretch of games, having to get through Bengals, Chiefs back-to-back. So maybe they thought that they could kind of just coast through the last 40 minutes of that game against Miami, but... Credit to Miami. They stuck around, and Mike McDaniel somehow coordinated a Skylar Thompson-led offense to be in that game. I thought for a minute there that the the Bills might actually lose, which would have been incredible in and of itself if we had to watch Skylar Thompson in a second playoff game. But <laughs> that Dolphins that Dolphins team is is a, is a comer. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with quarterback. It sounds like the reports are that they're planning to bring back Tua. And uh, that's risky because uh, three concussions this year diagnosed, including one where you're getting taken off on a stretcher. That's a that's pretty scary. That's a tough thing to stake your season on because that team is really good. Otherwise, it's just that this year they couldn't get through the season with even their backup quarterback. They were down to their third string in the playoffs and. That's ultimately what ended up costing them. So it's uh, it's a gamble for them. We're going to see if they're actually true to their word and do stick with Tua. But other than quarterback, that roster is really talented. And I mean, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. That's you're, you're not going to get a better receiver tandem. Well, and and Tua had a coming out party. Uh, he he's certainly showing why he was a fir- he was certainly showing why he was a first round pick. Um, but. You know, you can be the greatest player ever. If you can't stay healthy and stay on the field, it doesn't matter a whole lot. Yeah, I'm interested to see him in the playoffs. He is crazy accurate, but he doesn't have the strongest arm. And maybe that's okay in that offense they run. But even in the game that he played against the Bears, he was skipping some throws that kind of kept the Bears in the game. Yeah, it's pretty good accuracy, though. Yeah, it's just some... I mean, arm strength is... It is one thing. It's just a matter of can they scheme around that. And like you said, I mean, can he stay healthy is the biggest thing. And when you get enough head injuries, you stop even worrying about the football side of it. You just you hope that guy's okay. <laughs> so yeah, and well, you know that's uh, that's that's part of that's part of him too. So um, you know that's he, he's got to make that choice for himself. Yeah, absolutely. All right, go ahead. All right, so that's kind of our wild card uh, recap. Um, looking forward to the divisional round. I, I think the divisional round's always my favorite weekend of the playoffs just because you still have a lot of games and you've kind of gotten rid of the teams that don't really have a shot. So, like, Skylar Thompson and <laughs> Kirk Cousins and Gino, like, you know, thanks for the memories, but goodbye. Uh, but one thing as we kind of shift this to more of a Bears focus that we thought would be fun is Obviously, the Bears, there's a lot of excitement about this offseason, and a lot of people have a lot of dreams about the Bears doing a lot of different things from a talent acquisition perspective. So we're going to go through the roster by position and just set our expectations by position. This week, we're going to focus on the offense. Next week, we'll focus on the defense. So obviously, the easiest place to start on the offense is just quarterback. Don't have much to say on that one. It's going to be fields and whoever the backup is if they play that means that the bears are in trouble so yeah i mean well overall uh he's he's still the most important player mm-hmm. um and the focus is going to be on uh putting people around him it looks like i mean every pretty much everything i read it's all about trenches right yeah. and so you know uh number 1 is the only to me he's like the only player on the entire team that it's like 100% sure he's going to be there. I don't buy it for a second that anybody else is going to be in that spot. No, I I don't either. I I don't think that they're going to draft Bryce Young. 
I don't think that they're going to draft another quarterback and turn Justin Fields into some sort of Taysom Hill equivalent, <laughs> which is something that I've heard, which just boggles the mind. Yeah, that's um, ridiculous. I, Fields is going to be the quarterback day one, and that's all I really have to say about that. Uh, running back, it's been a topic of big discussion, obviously. David, all year. David Montgomery's contract is up. They've got Khalil Herbert. Uh, they've got... Darrington Evans, who I actually liked what I saw out of him as kind of a third string. Yeah. But the big question is... I'm I mean, trusting Ebner. What, yeah, and Ebner, too. I mean, he didn't really have a great rookie year. At least no, he offense, mostly but, stunk. Yeah, he was bad. <laughs> when he was actually on offense, it didn't look like he belonged on an NFL field. I think he had a little bit better of a year on special teams. But the biggest question is, is Montgomery, right? And I guess... What are what's your current thinking on that? Are you wanting him back? Do you think he'll he'll be back? So, I like David Montgomery. I think he's a good player. Do I think he's a great player? No. Um, if you look at the numbers, his numbers are not that great. Um, I mean, he throughout his career, he's tended to be around three yards a carry, three point two, three point three yards carry. That's not good. That's not that's not what you want to see from an NFL standpoint. Um, yeah, he uh, can be. You know, he's good at running between the tackles, but he, at the same time, he he doesn't really generate very many yards. Um, now, as far as the money goes and the availability, he's there. How much money does he want? Well. Uh, the Bears have a lot of money available, so I'm sure that he, I would think that he and Poles would be able to come to a, 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 an agreement that would be a fit. I had uh, something introduced to me the other day. I had not thought about it, but I, uh, uh, Matt, who listens to the listens to the podcast, he brought up the outside rumor of maybe bringing in um, uh, Saquon Barkley from the Giants. And uh, he's available. Uh, He's actually, he's going to be there. Maybe, unless he, I mean, there's rumors that he's going to negotiate an extension with the Giants, but he is an unrestricted free agent. He is, he's right, he's UFA. Um, I was highly resistant to that idea. But then I looked at his numbers and his numbers from the last two years. Uh, Last year, pretty good. This year, really good. Um, And he's such a threat as we just watched in that playoff game. Um, I mean, he was a major factor in that win. And he's deadly as both a runner and a receiver, which is you know, what you want to see in, on your team. Um, obviously he's going to cost a chunk of change. Uh, now the bears have a big chunk of change so that they could, they could do that. I don't know, you know, somebody smarter than me is supposed to be in charge to figure out these kind of things. I, I think that the easy way and the cheaper way is just bringing Montgomery back. Um, but I do also see if if they can arrange the money right, and they and Paul's vision has has it as as a as a upgrade that they could afford. I gotta say, I'm intrigued. It would be tough to be upset about the Bears acquiring Saquon Barkley. <laughs> he he's really good, and he had the injury two years ago, which happened against the Bears. Last year, it took him some time to get back. He was also playing for the worst coaching staff in the league that wasn't Matt Nagy. (laughs) And so I don't know how fair it was to judge him on that because Joe Judge is a terrible coach. I mean, this, this year the numbers speak for themselves. He's carried the Giants all year, and you saw the impact that he made in that Vikings game. It's just, man, giving a running back big money is is always scary, especially a running back coming off a season where he did touch the ball a lot. I mean, I'm just looking at this. A lot. 295 carries. That's the most in his career. 
an additional 57 receptions, and I don't even think those numbers include this last playoff game. So that's a lot of hits, and he's got at least one more game to go, and that's going to be a really physical game. So that's scary because running backs do get injured. There, there is, There are the exceptions, obviously. Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara. It's tough to think of too many, though. Uh, but Kamara fell off a cliff this year. Yeah, it's it's, and that's that's the other problem too is that the shelf life of that position is just really short. I mean, both Saquon and Montgomery, I I, I feel bad for him because Montgomery's a a good player, Saquon's a great player, but they are playing a position that just nobody thinks is valuable. Right. So the contracts that they maybe would have gotten. 10 years ago are just not going to be there for either of them, I don't think. The thing is, I mean, Montgomery is a, a, a nice running back. He is. He's dependable. I, I would have no issues with the Bears bringing him back on a reasonable contract. Either would I. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do, because you're going to want some continuity, and from everything that has been reported about David Montgomery, he's a really solid locker room presence, he's a good leader, and veteran presence on a team that's going to have a lot of turnover Saquon Barkley is in a different universe Saquon like is one of those guys that you you give him the ball and you blink and all of a sudden he's 40 yards down the field yeah and you're trying to figure out how he got there yeah and that's he's deadly and that's I mean I, I think that is the type of player that Ryan Poles wants to bring into Hallis Hall he he's talked about that plenty of times he just talked about just getting playmakers on the roster and Saquon Barkley's a, a playmaker he's, he's one of the best in the NFL when he's healthy it's just a matter of what contract is he going to want and are the Bears going to want to allocate that amount of money to a running back especially one that has already missed at least one full season with an injury so I don't know and like you said it, it, I, we don't have insight into what Barkley's asking price is going to be and if it's reasonable, I would love him on the Bears, but anytime you're, you're talking about paying running backs exorbitant salaries, it, it makes you nervous. So, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if we got to the bottom of that one. But. <laughs> if I got to say, if, if they, if, if polls can, if it fits into polls overall vision for the team, because he's the one that knows how, he's the one that made the money yeah. be there. So I'm pretty sure he has a pretty good idea of how he wants to spend the money. Um, I say bring him. Well, and maybe in a year like, in a situation like the Bears are in, maybe they could front load the deal and pay him a bunch of cash in years one and two. And then if, if he does get hurt or if his production falls off, you can get out of the contract after two years as opposed to like four. Yeah. That's the nice thing about the Bears' salary cap situation is they have so much cap space, you can kind of get creative with some of these contracts and you do a three-year deal for him like um one of the deals that happened last offseason that i really liked was the deal the seahawks gave to metcalf they gave him a three-year deal uh fully guaranteed and the attraction for is is really interesting because it's super attractive to the player because they're going to give a chunk of money in a short amount of time right and they get the added uh vision of being done after only three years and still being under that 30 marker Mm -hmm. right and the nice thing i think the nice thing about the player for the for the team is that i think that teams have to stop looking at four and five and six year deals because the thing is, is that the NFL doesn't last that long anymore, yeah. right? So I thought that was interesting because, like you said, if you gave Barkley a three-year deal, right? So I think he's 25. You know, then you have him from 25 to 28 or 26 to 29. Um, I mean, those are some really good years for a running back, right? And he's, you know, he's two years removed now from that injury. Uh, obviously, this year he was absolutely beastly. Um, we get that for the next three years. 
And then, you know, hey, they don't owe him anything, right? He can go on. We can go on. I, I, I mean, it looks pretty attractive. Yeah, and to your point, most of those five- or six-year contracts that get handed out in reality are like three-year deals anyway. Exactly. Because in almost every situation, all the guaranteed money is done after year three. Yep. Because teams know that. They, they know that players are not likely to be healthy for a full six-year period. And they want to be able to get out of that deal early if the NFL happens. And it may sound cruel, but those first three years are generally pretty lucrative, too. So, right. I don't know. I, I I I don't love the idea of paying running backs, but, yeah, if you're... He's asking, a special player. And, and if you're asking me if I'd be upset if the Bears gave him a big deal, it would be tough to be mad about having Saquon Barber <laughs> in the roster. All right, so do you want to do running backs or do you want to do the line? So... So, well, we, I mean, that pretty much covers it. Not running, run, not running. Sorry. Wide yeah. receivers are the line. Let's yeah. see, let's see the line. Okay. So with the line, maybe start from the inside out. I mean, I think everyone agrees the bears need a big upgrade at, at center. I, I think actually they need an upgrade on pretty much every position <laughs> or at least they need to figure out who got, who they're, who's going to play there. Um, so, you know, at, at center, you, you have Mustafer. Uh, you have Lucas and then, uh, Lucas Patrick, and then you have Kramer who, the, the rookie who, who sat, I I gotta say, I forgot about him. Okay. I am still intrigued by him. He started four years, every single game for Illinois. Um, I, 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 that kind of consistency, I love to see it. It, it attracts me to a player when you see that. And I, I, I think that. Um, he'll get a legitimate shot, assuming that he's healthy come training camp. Mustafer, obviously, I actually think Mustafer has played above his ability. Um, I, I think, you know, he he ended up starting a lot more than he would have normally simply because of injuries. Lucas Patrick, obviously, is the biggest disappointment. Um, I think everyone in general was pretty hype on him coming in. Uh, you know, he was handpicked by Getze. He uh, seemed versatile, fairly young, um, you know, looked like a guy that was going to step right in and give us an upgrade on the line. None of those things happened. No, and a big part of that was injury, but... He did play a couple of games, and he was terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, Kramer is interesting, right? Because I think he was even getting first-team reps in camp before he got hurt. He did get some. Obviously, he was out for the year. That's still a seventh-round pick. It's tough to get too excited about that. I guess he's smallish. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason he was drafted in the seventh round. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, I, I don't think... You really count on him for much. I, I, my hope would be that he's back in camp as a backup, if at all. Mustafer is, from all accounts, a pro's pro, but I don't want him as the starting center next year either. Absolutely. Again, maybe somebody that's got some value on your team as a backup, a guy that can you know come play center, maybe play guard. But I, I think for the most part, all three of those guys are probably going to be competing for, for backup roles. I'm looking for a big investment at center, either in the draft or in free agency. I don't know who's available in free agency off the top of my head, but I think there will be some options. And just in general, being a, a gopher guy, keep an eye out for my guy, John Michael Schmitz. I like that idea. That's one of the best centers in college football. He was a four-year starter at Minnesota, I believe. He certainly has been starting the last three and everyone, I've heard though that he's borderline one, maybe second round. I've heard third round for him. Oh, okay. And I don't think that's a knock on his talent. I just think a lot of times centers don't go that high in the draft. So it's it's a name I'm keeping an eye on. I think that Ryan Poles, as a general comment on the line, I think he's going to use this as his opportunity to make this offensive line his own. And obviously, just having watched a lot of gopher football, I, I love John Michael Schmitz. And if they were to use a third-round pick on him, I'd, I'd be excited. But I would, too. Whether it's through the draft or free agency, I, I expect the Bears to make an upgrade at that position just because I just don't feel that great about any of the options that are on the roster. Absolutely. Um, it, needs, it needs upgraded. Um, it's, an, it's, it's, you know, the, it's the captain of the line. 
Um, it's the uh, the vision of the offensive line and the the vision for the quarterback. Um, it, it, it and we have a history of good, uh, you know, of good centers. Um, I want to see Olin Cruz out there, and uh, um, I I certainly like. Uh, the, the kid from Minnesota, uh, I would not be disappointed at all if uh, I would I would be happy if we got him in the third round. Um, either that or, you know, uh, like you were alluding to, to free agency, we 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 need a position. We need that uh, position upgraded. Yep. I, and I think it will be uh, moving out to guard. This is an interesting spot on the line because we talk about Cody Whitehair and Tevin Jenkins. They're both players that I could see back or they're both players that I could see being gone. I mean, Whitehair is just a little bit older and it seems like he's not played as well the last couple of years. And Tevin Jenkins, we don't have any idea what the story is there. I, I think he played really well at guard for the most part, but had some injuries pop up towards the end of the year. And it feels like that's just going to be the story with him because he just seems to have some sort of a chronic issue that might prevent him from staying on the field as as much as you'd like. So I don't really have a good feel for what's going to happen with either of those positions, to be honest. Yeah, um, I would think that Whitehair will be back um, next year, uh, but simply because, you know, they, they have so... I mean, really, the line is kind of a big question mark right now. I certainly liked how Jenkins played at right guard when he played. Uh, that's a big problem, though. You know, um, the whole rotational thing, uh, the issues in camp, the issues during the season, uh, the injured or not injured, who knows what that was. Um, does he have, you know, maybe he has mental health issues. Uh, I don't say that lightly or jokingly at all, um, but whatever it is, uh, he doesn't look. Uh, it doesn't look. He's not giving me anything to think that he's a stable starter. Right. Maybe with white hair first. I mean, thing is, he is a veteran, and you want a veteran to hang around. Same kind of comment I made with Montgomery. Uh, the problem is, the thing I've noticed with him the last couple of years, it feels like towards the end of the year, his play has really fallen off. I don't know if that's been due to injury or fatigue or whatnot, but the last quarter of each of the last two years, I've noticed him really take a step down. The thing is, I mean, he if the Bears were to cut him, they'd have to eat some money next year. It'll be cheaper to get out of his deal at the end of 2023. Yeah. So I think that maybe if they see him as a stable presence, maybe somebody that can just provide some continuity on the line for not that expensive of a cap hit, then it wouldn't surprise me to see him back, especially if you do have Lucas Patrick or somebody else as more of a backup role. Um, right guard with Jenkins is, is just a huge question mark, and stability is the key thing. I mean, some of those injuries were just so bizarre. It was like it, it, the, the one that stands out is the one against the Eagles, I think, where it felt like a fairly routine NFL play, and all of a right. sudden he's going to the hospital with a neck injury. Yeah. And then I think he was on and off the injury report for the rest of the year. So I, nobody's been able to quite figure out what that story is there. I think if you just take the simplest explanation, it just seems like he's got some sort of a chronic injury problem, and that's not good when you're talking yeah. about a, a offensive lineman in the NFL. So. And, you know, uh, one that is... 24 yeah i mean second year right you know so uh i i would love it if they stabilized him at being right guard because when he does play he was a beast out there and it was it was great to see but uh yeah uh right now um you know there's there's not much to look at at guard uh you know cody whitehair is getting is is getting older um they they need help. They need help uh, seriously there. And uh, I do hope that uh, Jenkins can get his whatever it is together and he can be one of the starters. But, 
you know, we'll have to we'll have to see. Yeah, I've I've got no idea what's going to happen there. It wouldn't surprise me if he's the day one starter. It also wouldn't surprise me if the Bears traded him tomorrow. So. Exactly. We'll we'll see. And I mean, like you said, it's not like they have a ton of great options on the roster. Uh, tackle, um, obviously Braxton Jones. He played every snap at left tackle this year. My favorite player of the of the of the season, <laughs> pretty, other than Justin Fields. Pretty good for a rookie. Uh, I don't know if they had any reasonable alternative there, but the fact that he was out there is good. And right tackle is is kind of a giant question mark at the moment. That's another position where I wouldn't be at all surprised if the Bears invest in heavily. Or if they want to invest heavily in left tackle and see if Jones can play right, I think that there's all sorts of options, and I think they're going to invest heavily at one, if not both tackles, just because it's such a hole at such an important position. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is this is going to be a big offseason uh, for the offensive line because we have an offensive lineman that's going to be addressing it and he has uh, flexibility. That's that was our term, right? Flexibility, and so I'm super excited about that part of it. I am super happy for Braxton Jones. I'm not kidding when I say that he was my second favorite player all year. That kid won the job as a fifth round pick in camp and never relinquished it. He played every available snap. I don't care what school you came from or what draft pick you were. If you can come into the NFL and do that as a rookie, you deserve a big pat on the back and a gold star. <laughs> Just because that kid really, he he fought. And he fought every game and he didn't quit. And he was going up against some of the best defensive ends in the NFL and he kept going. And I, I, I love to see that and and after after uh, after the last game, they talked to him and he said, yeah, you know, I, I need to work on getting stronger. I need to work on my footwork. But I, I think I have some basic things going on and I'm just going to work to get better. I love it. Well, Poles was talking about that too. And he was just saying, hey, don't underestimate just how impressive that is because you've got, leading up to the draft, you've got all of that prep work. You've got a get your body ready for the combine. You've got to potentially transition from a college body to an NFL body, especially if you're coming from a small school. You've got to... Like Southern Utah. Yeah, you've got to go through the draft process. You've got to go through rookie mini camps. You've got to go through training camp where, heck, as a fifth-round pick, if, if you're terrible in camp, you can get cut. So you're, you're going through all of that uh, work. You're probably not getting any time off. And then to play every snap, it is impressive and i don't know i'm just really interested to see what he comes back as in year two because if he puts on a ton of weight and he is ready to take over that position and be a above average left tackle then great then you got to fix right tackle and they've got a ton of money to throw at that problem or a ton of draft capital to throw at that problem so so um on on that on that note uh, another uh, interesting, intriguing free agent is Mike McGlinchley. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, coming came out of Notre Dame with Quentin Nelson. Um, I loved both of those guys as far as uh, being able to upgrade the Bears' uh, line. It didn't happen, but... I think that he could be a big steal. Now he's going to be Expensive. money, yeah. uh, but um, you know that right tackle is a big problem, and I want Braxton Jones to have every opportunity to keep that left tackle spot. I I, I see it too many times where they bring in somebody new and it's like. Oh, we're going to make him the left tackle, and we'll take the left tackle and move him over to right tackle. I hope that doesn't happen. I want Jones to improve and keep his spot. I I, I think he earned that. Now, 
whether he can maintain that spot or not, and whether he can improve the appropriate amount he needs to, is a question for the future, and we'll see how that goes. But I think they need to go into it looking at it. To me, there's only one spot filled out of all five spots, and that's Braxton Jones at left tackle. And they need to work on all the rest of them. Putting Mike McGlinchley over at right tackle, though, sounds promising. Yeah, very dramatic improvement, and I like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's one of the big free agents that's still going to be out there. Orlando Brown's the other one. Obviously, he's a left tackle, but he did play in Kansas City and has experience with Ryan Poles. But I think he's getting franchised. He already was. Oh. So, so he's coming off the franchise tag. But, but he was he was franchised once. Correct. Yeah, so he can be franchised three times. Anyway, I think he also, maybe he gets the big deal too. Yeah, potentially. Um, so that's the line. I think more to come on that. It's going to be a topic of conversation oh, all offseason. Um, Jermaine Effidi happens <laughs> to be available. Uh, bring, bring him back. <laughs> um, so wide receiver, uh, touch on that quickly, I think. Uh, obviously. We suck. Yeah, well. Claypool and Mooney are coming back. Uh, it sounds like Equinemius St. Brown is also at least... He's signed! Yeah, yeah. One-year deal. You can always get out of that. <laughs> um, I mean, this is... Uh, we don't need to spend too much time on this because everybody expects the Bears to make a big splash here, whether it's in the draft or trade. Uh, if you had to pick one guy, I guess, to come in and be that number one target, who, who's your preferred option? So... Yeah, you know, like you were saying, with everybody else, it's, you know, we're, we're just going to have to wait and see. I, I think the Bears fans are have been way too hard on Chase Claypool. I do want to say that because I think that, um, I think we have to do a little bit of wait and see when it comes to him. Yeah. Um, I do, I do like the draft. Um, you know, uh, Jackson Smith. Uh, Jigba, he is interesting. However, I mean, he had his, his junior, his, um, sophomore season was absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. Uh, approximately 1700 yards. I think he had 96 catches. He averaged like 16.9 and then he had, the biggest bowl game in practically the history of college football. Uh, I didn't even I didn't even remember that he caught three hundred and forty seven yards in the Rose Bowl, uh, fifteen catches. Uh, so I mean that's Madden, right? Uh, but his freshman year he caught five balls and no he caught ten balls and his. Junior year, he caught five balls. Um, so, it's as drastic as it gets. Now, I understand he got hurt uh, in his junior season. I wonder if his body can take being in the NFL because he's not very big. And, uh, you know, he had injury issues in two of his three college seasons. So, I, I don't know what to think about that. Um, what was his injury this year? Uh, I think it was, I think it was ankle. Okay. And, or maybe it was hamstring. I'm just so over the Bears drafting injured guys. I know. <laughs> that's what scares the crap out of me. Because he's going to be a high pick. You, you're going to have to spend a first round pick on him. Um, I have gone and looked at some of the other ones. Uh, Jordan Addison is kind of uh, interesting coming out of uh, USC. Um, and um, uh, what is the other guy's name? Uh, there's a few other the ones. Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnson. Yeah, he's uh, interesting too. They have, uh, they each have their you know, bugs, right? There's, there isn't a Jamar chase in this draft. So if people think that there is, they're wrong. Um, there isn't that super go-to, uh, guy that is, uh, that stands up, above, stands out above everybody. People are making JSN, 
that guy, but you can't look at his time in Ohio State and make it that way. Uh, to be blunt, if I had my druthers, we'd draft Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> That's who I'd like to draft. Yeah, if only he was eligible. Only if he was eligible, but um, uh, I think, uh, you know, and the, the free agency is literally one of the worst in recent history. It's awful. Uh, that's one of the things that if you want to look at one of the reasons that Poles wanted to go and get Claypool was because it's either him or um, uh, the kid from uh, New England. Yeah, Myers. And uh, Jacoby Myers. And uh, he's not that shiny either. So I don't, you know, it's it's going to be thin. Uh, what I think, uh, in my own opinion, is that Poles is going to attack the receiver position the same way he did the offensive line last year. He's going to get a whole bunch of guys and throw it at it and go, we're going to keep the best ones that we can. I, I Now, what he, I do think that he is going to spend... Um, what you know, whatever kind of resource it is to take a shot on a on a one, who is that one? So my my prediction, and I think Bears fans will be a little underwhelmed with this, but it's a player I've always really liked, and it's a player that wants to be traded. I really like Brandon Cooks from oh. the Texans. I think he's really good. Um, I think that he's not that like elite wide receiver, but I think he's really good. He's really fast. He's a good veteran. I don't think he'll cost an arm and a leg. And I think if you pair him with Chase Clay, uh, with Claypool and with Mooney, that's a really fast, talented group. And I kind of just like that idea. I, I don't love the idea of trading a ton for a wide receiver in their 30s. Um, and I, I just, there's been a lot of talk this week about DeAndre Hopkins. Hop, or like Michael Pittman or DJ Moore and acquiring that. I would love Michael Pittman. So I, I would too. I think the issue there is a lot of people assume that he's going to come as part of a trade for the number one overall pick. I mean, if the Colts are trading up to draft a quarterback, I don't think that they're also trading away a 26-year-old wide receiver. That kid is ready to be one of the top receivers in the NFL. All you have to do is go look at his numbers. He is deadly waiting to break out. He just needs somebody to throw him the ball. Yeah, so like if they're going to trade up and draft Bryce Young... Why would they simultaneously trade their best wide receiver? That just doesn't no, make sense. No, it doesn't so, make any sense. Um, I, 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 I just like Brandon Cooks a lot. I always have liked him as a player. He's been productive everywhere he's been. Um, and he wants out of Houston. And it's just someone that I haven't heard a ton of people talking about. So that's my guy, at least for now. We'll see where the offseason goes. Well, and, I am not a fan of the DeAndre Hopkins deal. Uh, I know there's a lot of Bears fans out there talking about it. It does not excite me. Um, I know that he's a uh, he's a good to slash great player, but his history over the last two years just I, I just can't get on board that train. Uh, I don't know exactly uh, I, why he was suspended for six games. I mean, I know it was PEDs. Yeah, I. That says nothing. All I know is that getting a six-game suspension for substance is a big suspension. You know, that's that's not that's not. Oh, you know, he got in trouble for smoking some weed. That's a this is a that was a big suspension. I mean, you got to think about how much money was involved in that. Uh, not just for the player, but the loss of money for the for the team itself and the owner. Uh, and then the the year before that, you know, half the in, half the year he was injured. He's played fifteen ga- or nineteen games, I think, in two seasons. That that's just a bad track record, and I, I just it, it's a lot. He he's going to cost money. He's going to cost draft picks, and it's a lot to give up for a guy who whose track record the last two years is just not good. Yeah. Uh... I tend to agree. If they can get him for a reasonable draft pick, I'm all for it. But 
the people that are saying that the Cardinals want a first or a second round pick, that that would be too much for me. On that yeah, one. I I think that's what they're gonna go with. I, th- I think if you if you are getting him for a third, then maybe that's a different discussion. Maybe if you're get if you're getting for him for a second rounder and it's the last pick in the second round, okay, yeah, I could see that maybe. Um, he has a lot of miles on him. Uh, you know, how's his body going to hold up? Uh, like I said, you know, uh, you know, 19 games in two seasons, that's well short of what he need. He should have been, um, whatever he did as far as the suspension is, how do we know for sure that's all done? So I, I just, I feel like there's, there, there's too many, um, there's too many, uh, there's, there's, there's too much, uh, where there's smoke, there's fire there for me. And, um, I, I think, I think there's, uh, other players, if you're going to look at that, that are more attractive. I hadn't looked at, um, uh, at Cooks. Um, I've never been a real big fan of him because it's kind of little. Uh, I know that he has speed, but. Um, he's never seemed to like put together a real good year, but, um, you know, uh, you know, that's, that's somewhat wrong on my part because, um, uh, you know, uh, his first year in, uh, Houston, 81 catches for 1150 yards, six touchdowns, uh, 2021, 90 catches for 1037 and six. And, um, uh, well, this last year he only caught fifty-seven for six ninety-nine. Uh, his uh, it looks like uh, of, of the last few years his uh, yards per catch has dropped pretty significantly. So that that might be something to watch there. Tough, Boy, si- tough situation with the. I didn't the realize Texans. he had been in the league that long though. Yeah, he's a first-round pick in twenty fourteen, right? Yeah, and um, you know that's a. Uh, uh, that you know, he's uh, he's twenty nine, so yeah, twenty fourteen, and um, you know, he's he's got uh, eight nine years of running on him. So yeah. not not suggesting it as a long a long term solution, but I think somebody that could come in and be productive for a couple years that I think the Bears could probably get for not very much. So that, that's that's why I like him, um, and I, I think just watching him, he's still got some good football left in the tank he's just been on the texans for the last two years and we we know what the story's been with them yeah fuck the texans <laughs> so uh anyway you know one of the things uh the the biggest thing to me is whoever they bring in i want someone to come in that looks like a one and it's been really since brandon marshall that we've had a one and it would be nice to see somebody that comes in and at least looks like they have the true possibility of being a one. Um, it's not to me. It's it, it. It's naive to look at Chase Claypool and not think that the possibility is there for him to be a one. But I don't see it happening. It just hasn't come together, um, and maybe it will, but. He hasn't done anything in the league so far to suggest that. I think he could still be good, but yeah, when you talk about those top tier receivers, kind of that like top ten in the league, yeah, uh, you, you just haven't seen he doesn't, that from yeah. him. Um, real quick on tight end, that's the last offense position. I think Cole Komet will be back. Wouldn't it all surprise me if they add another tight end that is more of a pass catching weapon compared to? Some of the other guys that were on the roster uh, this year, when you think about like Ryan Griffin, yeah, whoever else, or Wesco, a name a name that I've seen thrown around is Evan Ingram, who's on the Jaguars. I, I like that idea a little bit, kind of compare it, pair him with Cole Komet, and then you've got the two of them that work as kind of a tandem package. Something to think about. Uh, I think there's a couple other options out there as well, but. Probably don't have time to get into them this week. Yeah, um, just quickly, I, I'll say I think that uh, Cole Komet gets a new deal. Yeah, I think and, so too. And I think he deserves it. Um, he has improved every single year he's been in the NFL. Um, 
he seems to really play with a lot of spirit. Uh, he seems like he's a real hard worker. He's, I don't think he's ever going to be an elite player, but I think he's definitely uh, raised his game up to good and even can be great in games. Um, but yeah, they need to bring in. Maybe that's a maybe that's a draft pick that they use. Uh, depending on what the market is like this year, I haven't looked at the draft list real close for uh, for tight end yet. But um, Evan Ingram is an interesting idea if uh, Jacksonville doesn't resign him. Yeah, not anything that'll like blow the doors off. But I think no. just when you think about somebody that is at least capable of making some some explosive plays in an offense, especially if there's a lot of other receiving options around him and he's in single coverage a lot. I mean, this year on the Jaguars, 766 yards, four touchdowns. That's that's not bad. That's pretty solid. So, I don't know. I, I have my eye on that as well. Maybe the Bears make a big splash at tight end and maybe don't invest as much in that number one receiver, depending on who it is. Uh, well, they, the thing is, is that there might not be one available. No. I mean, it, it's, it, you know, it's like I was saying, there isn't a Jamar Chase in this, in this draft. So, you know, it, it, and it'll come down to what polls thinks, uh, thinks should be available. Yeah. I mean, in, unless start planning to get Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let, let's get, a, let's get, let's get a top five pick again next year. <laughs> I want that kid. Unless, unless you can somehow get like the Texans first round pick next year. Yeah. Or some other team that's going to be awful. Like, yeah. If they can finagle that, then I would love that Marvin Harrison Jr., but I think that's going to be a top-five draft pick, and I don't know that the Bears will be picking in the top-five next year unless, of course, it's another team's pick. So we'll see. Uh, it's just fun. A lot of, lot of fun possibilities, and we're going to do the defense next week, and Lord knows there's a lot of content there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks a lot, guys, and bear down. Yeah, and enjoy, enjoy the playoffs this week. Um, let's hope that, well, I'm just, I'm going to leave that thought here. Enjoy the playoffs. Thank you for listening. Bear down. Bear down.